NBA players, when they hear the rating, they're either happy, they're not happy. Usually they're not happy. Like, usually not. Usually not. But who, who comes up with, who decides the ratings? Yeah, so it's not me, first of all. Welcome back to In Shambles, the epicenter of hot takes and never before heard stories told by athletes themselves. I'm your host, Adam Garfield, aka Playmaker Garf, back for another episode. Joining us on In Shambles today, we have the face of the NBA 2K franchise, one of the most polarizing figures in the sports and gaming industry. You either hate him or love him, but you know his name. Please welcome Ronnie 2K to In Shambles. Ronnie, how are we? Good. How are you? Doing very well. How's your day going? Yeah, great. Um, just uh, what we got a month left in the NBA season, so yeah, things exciting. are getting a little spicy in the league. Um, exciting. A lot of fun to watch. Definitely. So, want to get right into it? Sure. You went from working into a law firm to being the face of NBA 2K. I mean, I'm lucky if I can go from Chipotle to my house without shitting myself. To be <laughs> honest, but take me through that journey of you know from where you first started to where you are now. Yeah, um, I think it's, I know it sounds crazy, but like a lot of people that go to, you know, high school, college, there's a lot of pressure to like pick your major and then like figure out your career. And I'm kind of a testament to like, don't do that early, you know, like don't really like set yourself into a career. You know, I had a lot of pressure from my family. I'm first generation Indian kid. Um, who had a lot of pressure to be like a doctor or an engineer or, or whatever. And so I settled in law um, and, you know, went to a top five law school for nine weeks, really realized it wasn't for me and felt like it, I was doing it because of that pressure and, and not because of some, it was something that I loved. Um, and really for me, it was like about doing something that I, I did love and taking a risk and taking the chances uh, on myself and betting on myself. And so, you know, while I was working at the law, uh, I, I quit law school and then went to work for a law firm. And, but at the same time, like, I, I wanted to dive into sports. So at first I worked for a women's basketball team, and then I worked for a minor league baseball team, which had a lot of stunty, fun stuff. And uh, But in the meantime, you know, I'd, I'd play NBA 2K. I was top five in the leaderboards in 2005. Oh, and shit. I didn't know uh, that. in 2008, this opportunity came about and 15 years ago today I uh, I began my career at 2k at the time it was to be a community manager pretty much like any way that I could get in the door and back then community was really you know the the really passionate fans on on the forums and what's great about that is I learned a lot about like I already knew what a 2k fan wanted and appreciated but hearing you know all the points of view and being in those conversations and I could, I maintain obviously being in those conversations just on other social medias now. Um, but, uh, it, it came from a passion about what we do and learning from the best of the best in our, you know, in our community. Um, and then, you know, learning trends and marketing and kind of growing from there. Wow. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. I mean, you, you were there and now you're running it, you're running the show. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, I really think that learning the product and what makes people happy about it from a consumer standpoint, like, I, th I think I had a lot of advantage being a super fan. You know, like, definitely a lot of times, a lot of, uh, you know, people are trying to 
crack new and like learn new audiences and you, you have to go outside of the industry to find people who uh, get that. And I think like balancing the business is important. And so like I was the super fan that started using super fan strategies uh, with this new emerging form of marketing to like make a career at 2K and bring value and, um, you know, show people uh, what that this was more than just a video game, that this was kind of a, a lifestyle brand. And, um, you know, it's been quite a journey. And obviously, like, we grew in terms of relevance. Um, and, you know, celebrities started to mess with us and athletes started to get really excited. And now, you know, you, you look at it and it's like, we're coming up on our 25th anniversary. And uh, again, uh, 15 years of that, I've been here. And uh, it's it's a totally different thing. It's it's means so much to so many people. There's NBA guys that come in the league now that have literally played the game their entire lives, and it's it's legit. And they learned about basketball even more through our game than basketball itself, which is just amazing. And so, like for us to be a platform to be a fan of the NBA and sports and video games is just so cool. Really is, and it, it sounds cliche, but like it really does bring people together. I mean, playing for people across the world. You're playing with friends in your house. It just it really brings people together. It's a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, we built an online community of like people like trying to connect people and not only just to play games, but to uh, be a platform for good and a movement. You know, I'm sure you saw during the pandemic like two really big in- instances of that. Like a lot of people were sitting at home, so we needed to be. We had a responsibility to be a a, a platform to connect people and keep people entertained and so you know we did the espn players tournament and you got to see all these nba players talk trash on a totally different level <laughs> i remember the, pat bev during that he was, that, yeah, pat, <laughs> pat, pat talking Beverly nonstop. was a superstar of that and then you know like we obviously with everything going on with blm uh during the pandemic too for us to like have a make a statement about that in the game and really everybody be like of course 2k is making a statement on that that's so makes so much sense was was very uh that's what that's what part of building a platform is like you have a responsibility to entertain educate um and make civilization better i mean i i know i know it sounds crazy that a video game would have that kind of moral compass and purpose but we definitely do what's so funny is that like you know i agree from the outside perspective it's like why would a video game means so much to people but for a lot of kids i mean you're at school most of the day what do you do when you get home you're playing video games or you're eating dinner but for the most part you're playing video games that's your pastime so and they're also making friends you know like um i'll never forget as we've grown kind of our you know online modes when it went from you know playing my player but then crew and jordan rec center and pro-am and all of these like friend making devices that we have in the game you know, we started the 2K League, and what was so cool to me about the 2K League was these kids who had played together for years online were meeting each other in, in person for the first time and now had to become kind of a, a unit and a team in person. Um, that's the kind of thing that, like, we're, we're, we're making lifelong f- friendships, too, and that's what yeah. is so great about gaming. Of course, I love it. Um, you know, as a face of NBA 2K, obviously, you get a lot of hate. Most of the time, it's not warranted. 
But, you know, how do you how do you deal with getting that hate? I know, I mean, you could scroll on Twitter and look up Ronnie 2 No, I mean, uh, for know. me, it's pretty simple. Like, I, I know what I'm responsible for at the organization. And uh, we have the most passionate uh, fan base, you know, like, because it's gaming and it's sports and it's competitive. And you, you, so, like, you're going to get a very vocal community. And I, I love that. Like, it, it drives us to be better. And um, I don't see it as hate. I see it as in, engaged. Um that's and, a great way of looking at it. And, like and what's great about that is, you know, like we want to put out the best product and, uh, uh, you know, among all the annualized titles that come out every year, we do innovate the most. And that's going to, you know, like be controversial sometimes because everybody has their favorite 2K of the past, you know, 10 years. And I'd say only about 10% of them like the, the last one the most, you know, even we're cracking you and making a new audience, but like people are, have a soft spot for like, I have a soft spot for 2k 11 for different reasons because <laughs> that was the first time we put MJ on a cover. And, yeah. um, that was when I felt like the lifestyle thing took a, a whole new level. And I remember that marketing campaign really well. Like everybody's got their own soft spot for a different 2k. So how do you like, how do you trump what is the best in your mind? Um, having done this for 15 years, like there's obviously ones that stand out from the past. So, I, I, I worry about what I can control, which is to continue to innovate the lifestyle aspect of our business as much as possible, you know, get our this game in front of as many people as possible, make it a platform for discovery, like give fashion designers and music designers and gamers uh, the ability to have an audience, even Make-A-Wish kids, right? Like we have the program where a Make-A-Wish kid has a logo in the game. He gets to tell his story about... Um, why he is a, a Make-A-Wish kid and what Make-A-Wish means to him. Like That's examples awesome. like that are what this platform should be about. So, you know, in terms of what I actually do, um, the feedback I get for that is great. Yeah. <laughs> the feedback for things I don't do, like fix the game and fix the <laughs> servers, is, uh, you know, out of my control. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it's frustrating only because it's like, Look, I don't even. It's really not, that. actually. I, I, really, you know, I have these conversations and in interviews all the time, and people are always asking me like about the polarizing thing, and I don't, I don't think it's polarizing at all. Like when I go to All Star or, or we do a court opening or or whatever, I have so many kids that come up to me, and that you know, like that is what this is about, right? Like, yeah, be um, means so much to uh, the next generation and be able to do that online trolls it, it doesn't really matter it's not it's it's and the thing is, is like if, what if they're tweeting today. if they're tweeting they obviously care that they yeah. care they care about i don't I, I never have bad in-person relations like it's yeah it's very, the twitter fingers the twitter fingers it's yeah all that. It's, it, it, i think it's part of the generation you look at you know people that are just universally beloved like steph curry and like you know like um drake and you know you read their social media com- comments, and it's it's also you know yeah. bad. So I don't think my situation's actually any different. I think uh, gaming in general um, and how competitive sports and gaming are maybe puts a, like a, a laser focus on it, especially when the player like uh, the NBA players are part of our community. So when they're hating on uh, ratings, right? Like that's also another thing to be like, oh, let's lump, let's lump on. I, I, that, to yeah. me, is, again, engaged and fun and brings more audience to our, our game and is something that I really enjoy. Yeah, 
Zach, very well said. So you mentioned the Make-A-Wish program and how they get a logo. And, you know, I, I've done some research and you have, you know, a lot of experience in community service and giving back. So I'd love to hear about, you know, what you guys do at 2K giving back to communities. Oh, I appreciate you asking that. Yeah, I, I mean, I brought up some of the uh, the BLM, the thing we did with BLM. and uh, But Make-A-Wish, I'm uh, just completed my 60th Make-A-Wish um, wow. recently. Incredible. Uh, which is crazy, you know, like for for um, kids to be able to wish for anything and for them to wish to be part of the 2K process is just like super mind blowing, not just for me as the, uh, you know, the face of the organization, but for all of the people that work so hard on this product and uh, to know that it's making a difference on that level. Um, we, we had a wish kid, uh, Will Floyd, uh, a couple years ago who um, was brought in. Uh, he he wished to meet the developers of the game. So we obviously blew that out. We put him in the game. He was the first person scanned and put in the game. Um, but, but that wish continues to tell, like continues to grow because then he became part of the logo program and kind of like helped me host like identifying other wish kids and giving them the platform to tell that story. But then now, like totally unbeknownst to me, he applied for a job with Visual Concepts, the producers of NBA 2K, and got the job wow. without any help whatsoever from me. And like, what a full circle story, That's you know? So like, full circle. Like this Beautiful. kid had a had a an illness and a critical disease, and now has made it into a lifelong career. It's it's pretty remarkable. I just got goosebumps, honestly. I mean, so for full circle and. Uh... I'm sure it's an amazing feeling, you know. To see yeah, yeah. Happen. I mean, yeah. Like, again, like, what is the point of building a platform? And when I talk about platform, I don't even mean my own social media audience. I mean a platform that is NBA 2K, unless it's also to grow the next generation of of gamers and fashion designers, all of that. Like, I, I'm really proud that we we put on a lot of musicians and we put on a lot of fashion guys. They get their first break because they're in NBA 2K and people see their clothes digitally and then want to go purchase it in in real life. Um, I think so that sick. that's super special as well. You know, we're 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 becoming a um, information source for people who are looking for the next best thing, which is really awesome about what a platform should should aim to be. Yeah, I've I've, uh, I've heard some bangers on the soundtrack and I've added to yeah. the playlist. We really have put on some amazing new artists, and uh, I have some tracks. We actually just recently, um, you'll see it soon. Uh, uh, we just opened up our. We have the Two K Foundations program where we open up uh, courts across the nation and like kind of racially injustice uh, less served um, communities across the nation. I think we're up to like thirty nine or something. Wow. Ethan can. Uh, confirm the number, but uh, we actually just opened up our first music studio, and really? it totally makes sense. Like, why wouldn't 2K also look for the next? I mean, we're looking for the next generation of basketball players, that's why we have 2K foundations to help with our hoops efforts. But why not also do it for music? We put on music stars, so why not give back and try to grow, you know, the ability to, to, to make music because it's so important to our game as well. Wow. And wouldn't it be amazing if uh, an artist came out of there and became a huge artist and 2K was a part of that? Like that would, and, and then they're on the soundtrack and their career develops. Like that's what we're trying to do. And 
that's again the power of gaming and and the power of having a platform like this wow yeah i'll, I'll send you some of my samples later <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> i, I got some good ones uh yeah. so 2k you know it's ever so changing you guys are always updating adding new features and i saw recently that you've been adding nfl players into the game so i'd yep. love to hear you know what's the what's the mindset mentality with that yeah you know like so i've been uh talking to nfl players for a long time we have uh, i mentioned earlier the logo verification program so if you're an nfl guy you reach out to me um i, I verify you in game which means in the game you have a football over your head and people will try to get games with you knowing that you're a, you're, you're a, a football player um we took it a whole nother level right like people want to see diversity and uh kind of fun stuff in in my team so we we put in Debo Samuel, Dak Prescott, Jalen Ramsey into the game uh, into my team, and they're obviously like have such basketball interest. They play 2K all the time. Debo's I think 22. He played 5,700 hours or something. It, <laughs> oh it's God. nuts. I'm like, dude, how do you? How are you an NFL player? Like, how do you have that much time? But it's all he does. He, he's told me he's like, I don't go out. I don't do anything. I play 2K and I practice. That's all I do. So like my okay if you if that's your division <laughs> yeah. of time then that makes sense, but um yeah just uh, taking it again trying to innovate and uh, open it up to people that love our game and you know our fans get a real kick out of it and get to see how LeBron James looks with Debo Samuel on the court it's it's kind of kind of interesting that crossover you you know you hear it all the time like if LeBron hadn't been an NBA player, would he have been an NFL tight end? Probably. Right. So yeah. we want to see that, you know, work out in our, in our world, in our game. And so that was a really fun project and I'm sure there'll be more to come. Is Dak's passing accuracy pretty low? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. He actually uh, was really proud of like being a great dribbler. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well. So how do you decide on the ratings for, for the NFL players? Yeah, uh, well, in my team, it's a little bit more fantasy related, right? Like, um, at the end of the season, there's a lot of Galaxy Opals because we want to allow our consumer to play with whoever they want. Um, And there's certain ways you build teams and and whatnot. Uh, Early in the life cycle, it's usually obviously lower. We want to be like authentic, but it's the same kind of tangibles, athleticism, the small sample of video that we have of them playing basketball. You know, it's it's fun uh, to kind of speculate on that stuff, and that's what's great about having a video game. That's sick. It's really sick. Which uh, yeah. which which NBA 2K was your favorite? I, I know you mentioned 11, but which one's yeah, your favorite? Yeah, I mean, 11 stands out to me so much because like that was the first time we really did the Legends thing, and it just felt like that's when we jumped into like the mainstream for the first time. Obviously, there's been a lot of examples of that after that, but. Um, 11 was just so memorable because we worked with this cast of NBA players that was so cool and it was the first one where I really feel like I sunk in a lot like obviously I've been here since 2k8 but like um, 11 felt like the first time I was really making like an imprint of what I had learned from the community and like it had impacted the game but it also impacted how we market Um, there's other ones you know throughout the years it's funny if you saw my wall I have a plaque of every single one so i can easily do this um 16 was fun with the three cover athletes that we had yeah, that was a good and like one. some of the panel stuff we did 17 was a really fun game because it like took uh parks to another level run the neighborhood in 18 i mean there, there's there's a lot of memories and yeah like i said today's my 15 year anniversary so 
I'm definitely reflecting on a lot of them. It's uh, it's been a great great ride. <clears throat> Maybe here's the many more years. Yeah, many more definitely. years. Uh, so we touched on it before a little bit with the NFL players. So NBA players, when they hear the rating, they're either happy, they're not happy. Usually they're not happy. Like, usually not. Usually not. But who who comes up with who decides the ratings? What's, yeah, what's so the it's not me. First of all, uh, I got <laughs> enough going on. Um, uh, we do have a great team of people that watch, I can't even tell you, like hours upon hours of, of basketball. But we also do have some formulaic stuff, but there is ways to adjust that with, with the team. And so it's a panel of a bunch of guys. I I weigh in. I don't you know change things, but like I can definitely be like, hey, this guy feels like this. Hey, the community feels like this. Like, And, and I do. Um, but uh, for the most part, you know, like I am the messenger in what has become one of the hottest topics every summer with, you know, some of the biggest names in sports. Um, but uh, it's I mean, there's 30 plus um, mini attributes, you know, everything from tangibles and intangibles off the court stuff, AI, like IQ, all that stuff. Um, and they, they all kind of mix together and pop out this one number and this number is super controversial all the time but you know what's funny about it like i always say and i don't get a lot of like pushback on this is if you look at like them in rank it always makes sense like think what you wanted the number like we do ours different we don't have like a 99 club um we're doing it over the course of history so like the only 99 in our game is 95 96 michael jordan um who had the greatest season of all time and everything kind of falls in line under that obviously my team's different but but uh that historical things keeps the ratings really down so i know you're going to ask me about it so i'll just address it right now the the clay thompson thing um (laughs) so thompson what was what was fun about that one is if you think about the last eight years and you look at how many aggregate threes Steph has made over everybody else in the league, it is more than ten percent more over the not not just not just over the sum. I mean, like every year except the year he got hurt, right? Yeah, every year it's ten percent plus. So at some point the rating was going to kind of like fall in line with that same thought process, right? Yeah. So. Steph's a 99, Clay and I believe it's KD and Dame are all 88, something like that. And, or they were at the beginning of the season. 10%, right? So right. It, it, conceptually, it makes sense. To Clay, it, it didn't. And um, him and I talked about it a lot on the internet. <laughs> and we got to a great place. And me and Clay have known each other for a long time. I actually saw him a couple weeks ago. And he's, he was like, oh, I saw your wedding pictures and you, me, Festus, and Harrison Barnes used to hang out all the time. It was so great seeing the three of you guys at the wedding. And, like, we're really good friends. He lives right down the street from me. Um, but he was hot. And uh, I believe he's hot because he's just like the other 450 amazing NBA players that we get to watch every night in that he's super competitive. And he needs a chip on his shoulder. He was really upset about the... Um, ESPN rank last year, you probably remember being number seventy-seven or, wh- or whatever. That yeah, that was that go. was completely understandable too. He should have been he, on that list. Yeah, no, he should have been in the top seventy-five yeah. for sure. Um, and he is the second best three-point shooter in NBA two K, which is 
Absolutely correct, fair. right? Fair. But it's just the I think the delta kind of threw him off. But if again, if you step back and you think about those kind of aggregate numbers, it totally makes sense. So I think our ratings team does a tremendous job. Um, what's the struggle is is these guys are ultra competitive and. Honestly, the thing I think that upsets them the most is like being compared to their like people at their same position that they think that they're better than. Like that's always the most contentious thing because then they're like, I'll just go out and perform and you'll see that I'm better than this guy. So it's been amazing to, to see like every year it's a new guy that's popping off about it and it means so much. But I get it. Like these guys have played NBA 2K their whole lives. They got to the league, which means obviously they get to make a lot of money doing an amazing sport, but they also get to be in this video game that means so much to so many people. So they want to make sure that they are captured the best, which means they all want a 99 rating. <laughs> so we can't <laughs> well, give away. Let's be honest, a lot of, people, a lot of them. You can't give away 459 99s. Uh, I'm sorry. You cannot. So, why, I mean, why do you think these guys take it to heart so much? Do you think it's because of the No, I think it's that. I think that, like, They've been, this this game just means so much because it's been around forever and it is the benchmark for the their conversations. Like, forget them playing in the locker room. Like, they know that it means a lot, like, to everyone. And it is, it is something that's just kind of held up as a very meaningful thing. And to be in that position where they're so upset means it's meaningful. Um, and so... I, I mean, for a lot of these guys, like I say it all the time, but like getting drafted was 1A and being in NBA 2K is 1B. And when it's that important, of course you're going to be upset about your rating. Yeah, I think it's fair. Very fair. Yeah. So you, you had mentioned uh, Michael Jordan being the highest rated 2K player ever, correct? That guy. Correct? Yeah, he was 95-96. Michael Jordan 95. is the highest rated player in the game. Okay, so who do you think is the go, LeBron or... Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I've said it a bunch of times. I think LeBron needs... It's one and two, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I grew up in the Jordan era, so I'm probably biased in a, a lot of ways that kids are biased towards LeBron. Totally understandable. You got to, I got to watch a lot of MJ. Um, but for me, like the, the championships make a difference. Now, I don't think LeBron needs to win six to be the greatest of all time. But I think he needs a couple more. He's yeah, got three, right? Does he have three or four? Uh, I think he has four now. Well, the, I he is. the bubble one yeah, is he has four. whatever. But oh, does the, does the bubble one count? Bubble one. <laughs> yeah, I does always forget count? that one. But, but uh, okay, let's... I, yeah, I think he needs to tie Jordan then. I don't think he needs to surpass him, but I think he needs to get at least two more. He needs to get two more. That's what I feel. Fair. I think, I think LeBron's like the most dominant player but michael jordan's yeah, 100%. basketball player if that makes sense and you know i, I read know this that quote sense. that mj said which is oh i wish i memorized it but uh, because i'm gonna butcher it but he he himself years ago said that there is no greatest player of all time that there's a greatest player of every generation he said it himself that's and he's right but there is a greatest player of all time and that's what two, what's great about 2k because you can actually it's the one place where you can play prime jordan versus prime, prime lebron and try to figure this thing out and uh but in my mind it, it, it's definitely jordan that's why he's decorated on my walls everywhere um mj mj is mj is the go yeah i i think i didn't get to watch mj personally i'm a little younger but you gotta respect him whether or not i watch him you gotta respect it i mean yeah there's a reason no, it was a totally different guy. thing like 
you know, people compare his competition and all that stuff. You just have to watch the guy and watch hours and hours. I mean, I was such a diehard basketball fan as a kid. Obviously, I still am. But, like, um, I watch so much of Jordan, and it's just so hard to un to like get me off of that. Now, I can't deny numbers, right? Like another guy who I always thought was the greatest of all time was Joe Montana. I'm a huge 49ers fan. I've lived in the Bay Area my whole life. I can't deny that Tom Brady is better than Joe Montana. It's tough because right. I watch yeah. so much Joe Montana, but the championships, the numbers, the everything, the longevity, all of that stuff that LeBron has most of, they're real close. But uh, neck and neck. Brady over Montana, however, Jordan over LeBron still. Fair. Let's see. Fair. Maybe another couple, three years, he wins another championship or two. Revisit. He's going he's gonna to watch this and have that chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. and say, Ronnie, exactly. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure this is the most important thing to him. I mean, it, it what the guy has done, though, is just incredible. To be that heralded, to have that much of a spotlight him and you talk about building a platform for good like i'm like lebron in my eyes has just done so many amazing things with obviously the i promise school and you know we we partnered with him on a foundations court at the i promise school built put put a basketball court there um you know it he's done he's done amazing things for the community and that's what your legacy is that's what you're remembered by and obviously like as part of the Make-A-Wish board in San Francisco, watching MJ celebrate his 60th birthday by giving $10 million to Make-A-Wish. That was pretty remarkable as well. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, a little bit back to the ratings here. Yes. Uh, you told me once, well, you didn't tell me, but I remember hearing it in an interview. It's one of my favorite moments from, you know, watching you on social media, TV, is that NBA players tried to bribe you to get the rating mm-hmm. up. So, I was wondering if if you could share, you know, something that might have been offered to you in exchange for a higher rating. That might have been what? I mean, there's been so, all of that's <laughs> been out on the internet. Um, there were dinners, shoes, all that stuff. Um, there was worse than that, which I'm sure if you dig, like, you can figure it out. But um, all in all, like, again, it's just a remarkable thing that it means that much. And you know what the crazy thing is, like, any of these guys go have an amazing night on the court, they can change their rating. This rating thing <laughs> is not like a single number that doesn't move. It's a, it's a dynamic thing that updates every single week, really updates every day. We need a little bit of a sample size, but like you ball out, your rating can go up. I mean, uh, you, there's a few guys that have gone from like high 80s to mid 90s this year. Like Shea is a pretty good example of one. So like, let your game do your talking instead of your Twitter game. <laughs> That's what I would recommend. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so got it. Got to ask you here. Yes. Question of the day. You ready for okay. this? Yep. Who will be remembered more in 25 years from now? Damian Lillard, Paul George, or Jimmy Butler? I can go first or you can go first. You tell me. Oh, huh. I'll go wow. first while you think. All right. I'll go first. So, okay. To me, I think it's Dame. Yeah. You know, these guys have a lot in common in the fact that they've made all NBA teams, they've been in the MVP conversation, they've won awards, they don't have a ring, right? And so what do people remember is they remember moments from your career. And out of these three guys, I think Dame has more moments, especially in the playoffs, buzzer beaters, dropping 71. I mean, he's had created so many moments in the NBA mm-hmm. that people talk about. 
you know, and he's probably the only one of these guys who's going to have his number retired too. I mean, he's been with the same franchise. Um, I mean, he's also known for the long range shooting just behind Steph. I mean, Dame does it just yeah. as much. So to me, I'm going Dame. What do you think? I, uh, when you asked me, my impulse was Dame right away. Um, I am very close with PG, like really good friends. Um, l- legitimate, like not, and out of the NBA world, we'd be friends. Um, and, uh, but I think the staying on the same team thing, and that's obviously helped Jordan as well in this conversation is, is a big one because all those moments you think of that trailblazer uniform, he will have every franchise record that there is like, that's the kind of stuff that matters. Um, I think Paul George ends up with more defensive players, uh, all defensive players, and he probably ends up with similar all-stars, maybe even more. Um, and Jimmy's a winner, for sure. But, like, uh, it is the moments, and it is the single franchise, and that's why uh, 25 years from now you'll probably think of Dame when you think of those three. But you picked three guys, yeah. none of whom have a ring, right? Well, no, Jimmy has a ring. No, Jimmy doesn't have a ring. ring. None of them have a ring. Um, So that's the tricky part. Like, is anybody, there's very few guys that are transcendent memorable outside of going and doing a a career in media that stick around in your minds that don't win a ring. So all three of those guys, that's subject to change too. Let's see if one of them can win a ring. Yeah. Who knows? But we're going Dame. Going Dame. So a big topic of discussion this year was the NBA All-Star Game. I know you guys had and did the 2K show, 2K TV, from the All-Star Game too. So how do you think there could be improvements made to the All-Star Weekend? Um, You know, they were trending in the right direction. And then I don't know what it was about this game. I, like the defense thing is a struggle. I, I don't know. That one's a tough one because... They're going to have to get more aimed towards the um, the demographic that's aspiring to watch basketball. Just like we think about Gen Z and Gen Alpha, like we, the, the NBA needs to start thinking about that as well. And they do. They do it. They're, they're the best league at it. So I, I shouldn't say that. But how do we get that weekend to look better? Um, maybe more styles of games that we have in our game like one-on-one three-on-three like that kind of stuff would be interesting things you wouldn't see during the regular season i mean you see the nfl is moving in that direction with some of their skills challenges as long as they don't play defense it's not basketball so like that's the challenging part you know um yeah and then obviously uh... the earlier events like it's much cooler to see Dame win the three-point contest than I loved watching him, but Mac McClung winning the dunk contest. Like You just want to be invested more in the storylines behind these guys, and he, he, he didn't really know much about Mac unless you were a hardcore basketball fan. Obviously, I did. I, I know him a little bit. Um, but but uh, unless you're a core, core basketball fan, it's hard to bring... We always keep talking about crack new, but getting new audience to come in if um, the guy isn't a super superstar. So yeah, and it's it's hard to get these big name players to do the dunk contest too. And a lot of it, I think, is uh, a lot of it. I think is the the way it's judged and the 
almost ego if they lose. Well, yeah, it's know? like a nothing nothing to lose type thing. But so is the ratings thing, by the way, if you think about it. Like the the rating getting involved in the ratings discussion, you don't really have anything to gain, and these guys <laughs> know it, but like they still do because you know, they feel uh, an emotion about it. You got to somehow figure out how to get that emotion involved into that weekend. And I hope yeah. they do because I hope so. All stars, all stars fun. It's good to see anyone, everyone. Like I had a, you know, I've had a lot of great memories at all star doing various marketing shoots or we've thrown, you know, esports uh, competitions at all star. So we've had a great time. Um, and you just want everyone to be more invested in that weekend. I think if they add in the one-on-one competition, because that that would be big, because nobody's just gonna let you storm past you in a one-on-one because it's personal. Yeah, it's yeah. personal. That's that's what I'm talking about. If it was a little bit more like our video game itself, what you see there, I think I think people would be stoked. I also think they should go back to East versus West, and uh, I, I the draft was entertaining. I will say that, but have something at stake like i know it kind of messes up like you know the first seed with home court advantage but give the winner of the all-star game home court advantage in the finals yeah it's got to mean it, something it's got to mean something I'll figure got, it out. there are so many brilliant yeah. people at the nba and uh it is the most innovative league so like i'm i'm fully confident that they've identified it as an issue and they'll do something about it yeah who's your favorite player to play with in 2k in 2k um my favorite guy in the league period is Kevin Durant and he's super fun to play with in 2K. Um Giannis is super fun to play with in 2K as well. Uh it just depends on the game. Joel Embiid, I just did a one-on-one competition in blacktop against like I think it was like 12 fans at All-Star and I played Joel Embiid every single one and I won 11 of them. <laughs> so uh everybody's like he it has no time to play 2K anymore, but I'll still give you that smoke. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm pretty good. My favorite's Desmond Bain. We'll, weird, have to, weird, we'll have to make weird that choice. Well, Desmond, Desmond Bain, Bain. He has the best release, dude. I dropped like 60 with him. He has the best okay. release in 2K. I'll give cool. one day. We'll, we'll we'll match up against. Yeah, you. we'll shake it up. Uh, but I also I love playing as Blake Griffin because of his dunk yeah. package. You know, a little bit, a couple years back before he where he's at yeah. now, but. His career. Well, there's, I mean, Blake- there's history of like certain guys over the years being amazing. Like, I think it's Shane Battier in 2K11. Obviously, J.R. Smith was God in 2K9. Oh, yeah. Who was the other one? Gerald Green was amazing back in the day. Like, these uber athletic guys. It's not so much anymore. Now it's like very like evened out balance. But like back in the day, you had three and D guys, and that's all you needed to be really good at, at 2K. Um, but it's it's uh, it's so much more balanced that it's fun now. Like there is no guy that like outplays who he is on the on the real court really anymore. Yeah, I agree. But but Blake Griffin was one for example where I would just dunk on my boys. <laughs> I <would> just yeah. <laughs> Blake Griffin fast break dunk. I mean, notable guy in the NBA. Like, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Uh, he is very close. Um, you know. Yeah, he's he's so close. I think he's a I think whole very the NBA good. NBA has enough leniency, and he had a really huge peak um, where where he'll get in. You think so? It's close though. You hall of very so? good in my eyes. He's a hall of very good in my eyes. Yeah, but the NBA like there's a lot of very good players that are in the hall of fame. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll get there. 
Hope so. Hope so. Uh, real quick, who is the most dominant team in 2K? Well, now it's the Suns. I mean, yeah. Is it cheating if you play already, with the Suns? They were already really, really good and really fun to play with, and now you put KD on that team. Yeah. Lights out. Is it cheating if you play as the Suns against your friends? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> literally what I tweeted when that trade went down. I'm like, okay, Suns have been <laughs> Suns have been banned from quick game. But uh, uh, I mean, to put together that that roster, yeah, it, it always makes 2K more fun to have one of those crazy teams. Uh, you play them, you're always playing against like the Bucks or the Warriors or the Net, or not the Nets anymore. Yeah, but you got to yeah. play a good team with them. Last question: yeah. What can we expect next from NBA 2K? I mean, we're gonna ke- continue to innovate. Obviously, like I always say this, but with the game of basketball, there's so much more opportunity to do more and like bring more cultural elements, bring more basketball elements, like get the game even closer to real life because the game and the NBA innovates in a way that like the other sports don't. So I, every year, even back in 2K11, since I mentioned it, like I was like, oh my God, we put Jordan in the, in the game and we put all these legends in the game. What are we going to do next year? And like every year now, 13 years later, we are figuring out a way to be innovative, bring, the best entertainment product that we can for our fans and continue to push the envelope. But we're also just scratching the surface. There's just so much more that we believe we can do and the technology is only getting better. And, uh, you know, the thought of ideas is only getting better. Our, our reach into culture is only getting better. So like it's, it's a really exciting time in this industry and really looking forward to, to what's next. Yeah, I can't wait. I've been playing it since 2K9, honestly, with Kevin Garnett on the cover. But uh, for sure. maybe one day I'll get a little microphone next to my name. But Ronnie, thank you so much for coming on In Shambles. Loved hearing what you had to say. Anything you want to say uh, before you leave? No, I mean, obviously, uh, NBA 2K is uh, coming up again in the fall. Uh, we have our other fun games at 2K, like WWE 2K23 uh, comes out uh, next month. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, PGA is out and super fun. If you haven't picked up that game and you're a golf fan, you've got to get it. Um, so, yeah, should be more great stuff from 2K, and I'm uh, excited as we go forward. Let's get it. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Garf's Top 5. Today, we are doing the top five coolest names in the NBA. Let's go. Number five, Desmond Bain. He's got the Batman villain in the last name. Just it, it flows off the tongue very nice. Desmond Bain. I like it. Number four, De'Aaron Fox. Having a having a cat as their last name is pretty cool. Garfield, I respect it. It also, again, flows off the tongue very nice. Number three, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I love the repetitiveness of this. Uh, you know, stick to their core values there. It's pretty, pretty appealing appealing name number two lamella ball i mean that's a basketball name right there lamella ball last name's ball got mel in there with a lot so that's hands that could be number one could be number one up for debate but for number one the coolest name in the nba right now is bismack biombo i i don't even know how you could come up with a name like that it doesn't sound like a real name but it's sick bismack biombo it's like it's just an onomatopoeia in a name. I'm a fan. Bismack Biombo, you're our guy. 
You're welcome anytime on the show. Who is in shambles today, ladies and gentlemen? John Morant is in shambles. So allegedly, the story is that he beat up a 17-year-old kid, punched him 13 times. By the way, they said 12 to 13 times. I don't know why they just couldn't pick one, but punched him that many times, flashed a gun at him. Apparently, Jaw was acting in self-defense. I don't know. Nobody knows what the real truth is, but I mean, you're you're one of the faces of the NBA, man. Like you, you can't be doing. You can't handle situations like this. And what does a 17 year old kid have you acting in self defense for? And there's also another another allegation, or this might actually be some truth to it. But Jaw's mom calls him from a finish line in a mall in Memphis, the shoe store. Jaw shows up with nine other people. And they get into a shoving match with the security director of the store. It's like, dude, I get that's your mom. You got to defend your mom, 100%. But why are you showing up with nine different people? Why do you have to escalate the situation? No, I'm not just saying it was Jaws' fault that it escalated. It could have been anybody. But you're the most popular guy in Memphis. You cannot get away with anything now. You have nothing to prove. Like, we know you're hard. We know you're tough. Like, you don't have to prove that to anybody. And... The way it's going, you could put your career in jeopardy. But you're in shambles. 